I don't think any of this can go to the episode. This is going straight to the front. How am I going to keep people in? You think I wouldn't hit him with my car? Um, you wouldn't even feel it. That thing is a tank. That's what I'm doing. I want you to get that bumper. That's for it. <laughs> that grill's got his face written all over. Let's go. Pirates, we are born. Pirates, we still be. We live on our ship. Out on the sea. We rape and plunder every warner. Gets in our way out. That's what happens in an average pirate day. Hey, broadcasters. Welcome back to the Buck Bros Podcast. Man, what a week it was for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Rolled into Atlanta, came out victorious, last-minute drive to take the victory, and now we lead the NFC South. What a week, gentlemen. As always, I'm joined here by my fellow Buck Bros, Ryan, John, and Zach. Guys, how are we feeling after that dub? What's up, Buck Bro Bryce? We are feeling good. That's how we're feeling. The Buccaneers now atop the NFC South based on common opponents. Great. Um, kind of an ugly win. You know, we didn't really do a lot of good in the first half, but there's something to be said for a team that could put it together at the end, and that's what Baker and Co. did. So uh, you got to give your hat, a little tip of the hat to Baker and company for always fighting. Uh, till the end of the game and it got a little scary there with Todd Bowles defense near the end but a couple yards I, I we've heard it on this podcast before it doesn't matter whether you win by an inch or a mile winning's winning and the Bucks found a way to do that so we are pumped I absolutely love the game uh everything that I saw gave me hope uh in the receiving area instead of going right to Mike Evans and right to Mike Evans and right to Mike Evans we got other players involved. Chris Godwin, our leading receiver this week, absolutely time for him to start getting on the board. Uh, Chase Edmonds getting more targets. Obviously, Kate Otten with that big touchdown to seal the win. David Moore getting targets. A, a lot of names that we need to start hearing more. We need to spread the ball around, um, which gives guys like Mike uh, a chance to get uncovered because otherwise you're just going to double team Mike and take him out of the game. Um, great running again from Rashad White got over 100 yards again. Baker Mayfield coming back and looking like the leader that we need him to be. And we're the four seed. We are the four seed in the NFC right now. If the if the playoffs were tomorrow, we would be hosting a home playoff game again. Um, we're well on our way. We just got to take care of business. And th this is what we were hoping. We knew it was going to be an ugly season, but we're doing what we need to do to get this done. Yeah, John, you mentioned the 100 yards. I love seeing that. Out of Rashad White going over 100 chase, tacked on another 40. Uh, I think we ran for more yards than we passed for. Don't know how often that happens, but I will take that for sure. Uh, I didn't turn the ball over. Love that. Limited sacks. Uh, and Carlton Davis made a hell of a play jumping around. So, you know, the defense was active. Um, I, I know that they, <clears throat> you know, waned a little. In, in the second half and that fourth quarter uh, giving up some points, but you know, the Falcons had two missed field goals, right. From both from longer than 50 yards and their kicker is great, but you know, the defense holding them to a low percentage shot like that multiple times is a big factor in the win. Cause those, I know we like to think like 50 yards, you got to make that. Those are not easy kicks. 
and your defense uh, made them take those low percentage shots. So liked seeing that. Love that he missed too. That's great. And yeah, I mean it's a grimy win, but it's a win in the division. Can't complain. Yeah, I agree with all you guys. Um, it was especially a good game because you know here I am in Vegas, right? And I I put a hundred dollars on the money line to have the Bucks take the victory. Got a little squirrely there at the end when uh, Atlanta basically marched down the field, you know, and Drake London had a giant game. Um, but nonetheless, Baker and the offense pulled it out. You know, it was actually kind of really um, good to see was in the fourth quarter, man, we really ran the ball really well. Um, you know, the offensive line was getting a lot of push. We were getting about six, seven yards to carry between Chase Edmonds and Rashad White. We kind of took it to Atlanta there in the fourth quarter, and it was um, very exciting to see that when we absolutely needed to have the offense be productive and go take points, they were able to, and especially in a big game like this one where the division was on the line, right? So in any case, guys, um, great victory here. Um, Four games left. We're atop the NFC South, like you said, Ryan, by – percentage point or I guess it's common opponents right because we beat the Vikings and the Titans and Atlanta did not um but maybe let's first go to an NFC South tracker Ryan if you want to give us that um because it's a little bit more important now because we've got three teams tied really tied atop the division yeah it's a little bit muddy uh getting a little muddier so Actually, this week is kind of concise because there were really only two games we were worried with. Obviously, our game against Atlanta, but also the other division rivalry. The Saints and the Panthers played each other, the Saints being the victors of that. So what do we have? We have a congestion at the top. Three teams at six and seven. Your Bucks sit atop right now based on common opponents, like we said, but also the Falcons and the Saints at six and seven. So really, anybody's game, these last four games definitely going to be uh, paramount for all of the NFC South teams vying for the top. Absolutely. And I mean, the two most important games for the Bucks are going to be those that end the season, right? St. or New Orleans at home on uh, New Year's Eve. And then we end the season in Carolina. So if we can take care of those two, maybe just split one between uh, Green Bay and Jacksonville. I think we stand a good chance to, take our home our third straight NFC South championship. Uh, a win against the Packers on Sunday puts us at a 78% chance to make the playoffs. Um, so that that is going to be our big matchup. But if you want to talk chances of getting into the playoffs, go. it would go a long way to get a, get a W this coming weekend. Absolutely. And I think that's a great segue into by the numbers. And guys, I've got two numbers for you. And they're both going to be round, solid numbers. No percentages, no, you know, decimal points. So you guys, I, I'm ready. I hope you guys are ready. First number, 20. Baker's uh, PFF ranking. <laughs> no, but it does have to do with Baker. Touchdowns. 20, you got it. 20th. Oh, that, that, that's right. 20 touchdowns. None bigger than the one to Cade Otten to win the game in Atlanta. Uh, Baker stepped up, been giving him some grief all season. I, you know, he hasn't performed as 
well, I get, I take it back. He, he has performed better than we expected this season and he really shined when needed to. It was great to see, um, you know, Baker really, really put it all out, left it all out in the field, was prof and excited for him that we got that dub in Atlanta. All right. So final number for you guys, 31. The number of the best safety in the league, Anton Winfield Jr. No doubt about it, but not <laughs> what I was looking for. <laughs> Total sacks on the season? No, it, it's not a season stat, but maybe a specific Tampa Bay stat. Yeah, me. Total victories over the Atlanta Falcons. Boom. You got it, John. Two for oh, two, baby. Sniped. 31, and that breaks the tie. So we technically now lead Atlanta in the all-time series 31 to 30. So... It is like one of four teams in the league that we have a winning record against. But, hey, way, way to get it done. Um, you know, now we're 3-1 and one in, in the NFC South, so that that's really good. You know, great all around. Uh, just a great week. So so let's get into our um, – before we do what the buck, bro, I wanted to kind of let you – you know, get you guys' opinion on now that we do sit four games from the end of the season – um, and we, when we do have, now we're sitting in the you know, pole position for the NFC South. What is your take on, you know, if the Bucks are ready to be, you know, obviously we'll probably be playing either the Eagles or the Cowboys. What is your take on, or are we going to see what we saw last season where we get the four seed and just get blown out at home? Or do you think maybe there's a little bit more, uh, of a, if we can get on a positive streak, a hot streak here, maybe we can have some momentum in the playoffs. Who wants to take this one? Well, I would say if it's between the Cowboys and Eagles, I think it's fair to say those are the two that's going to be between because they're both 10 and three of the same division. I I think it just depends on who you get. Like if it's the Cowboys, that really worries me. They are bodying teams right now. If it's the Eagles, which it's trending that way just over the last couple weeks, that team is, I think, more beatable. And I know we've we've already lost to them at at home once, right? But I, I think a second look at a team like that, I'd like our chances a lot more. Um, anytime there's a home game, that's a great advantage to have in the postseason. But they're still both really good teams. I mean, it's not we wouldn't be favored by any means, uh, but I'd. I'd be much happier if it was Philly, for sure. Um, it's just tough. The NFC has two teams at the top that are really strong. So it's it's tough to know how deep you can go. It's really like, when do you run into Dallas or San Fran, I fear. Unless you consider San Fran a fraud, um, which I know some people here are, uh, you know, that's their perspective. I, I think you're 100% right. I would rather get the Eagles. Uh, just because we have played them once already. They would have to come to Tampa. It's going to be a different environment, obviously, later in the season. we, I would expect us to perform a little bit better. I do not want to play the Cowboys right off the bat. I think that that spells disaster for us. Um, I wouldn't be as scared about playing the 49ers again either, just because for a while there we held those games fairly close, and I think we've learned a lot going down the line. Um 
we're going to host a playoff game if we make the playoffs. That's kind of how this is shaking out. It's either going to make the playoffs and host or we're not going. So whoever we get, they've got to come to Tampa, right? It's going to be loud. It's going to be bright and sunny. The cannons are going to be going off. You're going to have postseason Mike Evans maybe playing his last postseason game in a Bucs uniform. You're going to have a lot going on around that game that I think hypes us up. And beating the Eagles in the playoffs is – I'd love to face the Eagles in the playoffs. That would really cheer me up. That's something I think we do well. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, the pulse of the situation is the same for me. I'd much rather face the Eagles at this point in time than the Cowboys. If you're asking me after watching the Falcons game and finally watching a game, for that matter, uh, if I'm inspired that the Bucs could pull out a win – in wildcard weekend, I'd say no. I, you know, I, I thought, you know, the we were we won a gutsy game, but let's be real, the Falcons and the Bucks really aren't playoff teams. They're they it was kind of who wanted to lose uh for a majority of that game. So I, I'm not really too hopeful that if we make the playoffs, because we still have to make them, if we make them that we could pull out a win. If we do pull out one, it's it's just gonna be one. I I can't see this team rallying around and and going on a deep run. So I think we'd have the best chance against the Eagles, but we're gonna if we're gonna win one, we're gonna have to be the team that really drags down a team to our level and kind of just kick some dirt in their face and scamper off with a win. We aren't going to outgun anybody in the playoffs. If I can add to I think the other sentiment of it's division or bust, which I think you know I would have agreed with most of the season. But if you look at the playoff picture, we are playing the seven seed this week. A six and seven team is in the playoffs at the season ended right now, and it's not us. I mean, we're one of them. But the point is, the NFC has become a little more wide open at the tail end of the wild card. A Vikings team we already beat is the six seed, so. I think the the most direct path is definitely winning the division, but the NFC is open. So I think we get, you know, we'll get into the matchup here moving forward, but this game this weekend, I think gives us a really good opportunity to check the pulse of this team as a playoff contender. It's a, it's essentially the four and seven teams playing this weekend. And green Bay is no slouch. I mean, they just beat Detroit. They beat the chiefs. You know, what I mean, they they're going they, on. A little they bit just of lost it. to the Giants. I just watched Tommy DeVito do Ta- this Italian Tommy thing. DeVito. The whole hey, goddamn game. Hey. Yeah, the I'm Bears saying, just beat Detroit. I, all I do uh, is to throw a touchdown because I'm Tommy DeVito. I I'm not saying they didn't lose on a late game kick last night. Who doesn't, right? But I I just want to I want to I want to take value. If we go in there and we fucking slap the Packers around, I don't want to be like woo. We shit on a fucking terrible team. I want to know that they they actually did string some wins together this year, and hopefully we can learn something from going in and playing a game like that in Lambo. Like the, I think you guys are right. This is a great test. Well, I was gonna say if we win this week. That's three in a row. That's a winning streak. That's getting hot. That's never happened yeah. under Todd Bowles. Not not a snowball though. It's not snowballing, you know, if we do that. So don't worry. <laughs> That's right. Week at a time. <laughs> no, I agree, John. Um, I think it's gonna be a tough test for uh the bugs, and we'll get into that later. Um, 
because I'm here in Vegas, I just want to give you guys the current odds uh, for the Bucks to make the playoffs. Right now, it's plus 140. So, you know, pretty, you know, where we started from the season to now, we have gained a lot there. And then to win the Super Bowl, it's plus 12,000. So <laughs> call your bookie now. Call your bookie now, Buck Bros. Yeah, uh, I can see why, because uh, that's not happening. But it does bring up one point I do want to just touch on real quick. So if we do win the division, but then get blown out at home at the wild card round, should Todd Bowles retain his job? No, no, no. That's absolute no. no. He shouldn't retain his job no matter what. No matter I feel what, like if he, if he, he wins, wins a playoff, playoff game, game. He's going to do enough for the Glazers with the playoff win. I, I bet. If, if he wins, yes. But if we if we have a repeat of last year, he should be gone. Talk we have about... failed our way into NFC South championships. It could be three of those in a row too, right? My worry, if they win a playoff game and Todd Bowles stays, I have a feeling that we're going to end up with Marvin Lewis and we'll be the Bengals and he'll do like just enough. The team will never rise. The old Andy Dalton Bengals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Baker Mayfield is, is our Andy Dalton. Like that'd be my concern is we get stuck in mediocrity. You know, currently there's a lot of chatter on Twitter or X about if Mike Tomlin gets fired from the Steelers and then Todd Bowles gets let go, do the Bucks pursue Mike Tomlin? But they're kind of in the same situation. They haven't won a playoff game since 2010. And, they, I mean, they're constantly winning. Like, they have winning records, but it's kind of – for the last couple of years, it's been very mediocre, right? And they haven't made the playoffs either. So, is it a Mike Tomlin situation too? I don't know. It's kind of – it's curious. He's got rings though, right? Ring. He has ring. Played for two. Yeah. The, but I saw a player poll come out last week that said he is the – coach that players would want to play for the most out of everyone in the league it was like a overwhelming majority of of the league players that were polled said if i could play for one coach it'd be tomlin so i mean he definitely has a lot of clout amongst players oh no doubt i i would be all in favor of hiring mike tomlin i think he's a class act really good head coach um obviously got some of his roots here in tampa from his coaching career so dungy guy would love it Except for when he tripped that kick returner. That shit was bullshit. <laughs> Debatable. No, <laughs> I would hit Todd Bowles with my car if it meant we got Mike Tomlin. That's just that's just where it's at. It's a hell of a drive too from Seattle. Sheesh. Oh yeah, I would I would make I would make the drive like that that astronaut who drove <laughs> like from Texas to Florida. What's that coaching rule? Does it violate the what is that? The Brady rule? What's what's no, the, the the Rudy rule? <laughs> well on that note i think it's time for our favorite section here at the buck bros podcast what the buck and maybe let's start with buck bro john because you're on a roll here buddy what what the buck about todd bowles and this is why i don't care if we win the super bowl todd bowles has to go you're in a division game on the road. It's a tight game. They've got two great running backs, and you're getting ready to try to make a goal line stand with your defense, and you run out nine players. Not ten, not one too many to get a flag. No, nine. 
how do you block? No, you're supposed to be this defensive guru. You're not going to give up play calling. You know what I mean? That's really what you're bringing to the table all these years behind. Uh, I Awful. I don't, that can't happen. All we've heard all season long is about how you're making all these huge strides in practice and how it's on the players that they're just not doing enough in the game. Todd Bowles is a failure as a coach. The fact that Todd Bowles and his assistants didn't see that there were nine men on the field and call a timeout is unacceptable. The entire coaching staff should be let go. How many people were in the booth looking down with headsets on and didn't realize that that was going on and phone in to take a timeout? That Who's the captain on the defense who's supposed to be calling plays with a microphone in his helmet and didn't notice that there were only nine players on the field? That was completely unacceptable. And that is the reason why Todd Bowles needs to go regardless of the outcome of this season. Yeah, it's it's pretty inexcusable to not be able to uh, get 11 players on the field in the National Football League. That's just can't happen. And it's happened now twice uh, in the last two games. It also occurred in Carolina when they scored a touchdown as well. Only 10 men were on the field. So it's not a one-time error. Um, so I agree with you, John. Um that those are complete lack of, um, you know, not just discipline, but lack of attention to detail uh, two weeks in a row. But from one failure of a coach to two failures of a team's to score, Buckbro Ryan, what you got for us? Well, what I've got is something that has only been seen twice in the last 30 years. The Vikings and the Raiders slogged it out in a snooze fest of a game, three to nothing, those seven and six Vikings are the beneficiaries of coming out on top on a what three minutes to go fourth quarter drive to get a field goal. Uh, this game had 23 drives, 22 of them ended in nothing, no points. Uh, so I, I, I'm glad I didn't watch this game, but I can only imagine the people who watch this how they must have felt. I, I don't know how they entertained themselves. They must have looked at their phone the whole game, looked up, oh, it's three nothing, and then gone back to their day. That's how boring this game looks on paper. So uh the Vikings and the Raiders, I'm gonna what the buck, bro. What the buck. Yeah, as somebody who was here in Vegas when that game was occurring, I guess fortunately for all of those Vikings fans that came out to the desert to watch that snooze fest. Uh, there was plenty of other things to entertain yourself on the day or, you know, here in Vegas. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty funny listening to all the fans being like, what the F was that game? <laughs> so speaking of crazy, what the F situations, Buck bro, Zach, what, what's going on with Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. I mean, I don't think a lot of the stage needs to be set. Obviously, the Chiefs lost the game, and in part, I think it was a third down play, scored a touchdown, called back Darius Tony, way offsides. Uh, my what the buck, bro, is the fallout of Patrick Mahomes afterwards. The tantrum he threw on the sideline, throwing his helmet, swearing. I, any other player does that. I feel like they are being reprimanded. Uh, and to it, I think. Had the Bucks pulled that playoff, there would have not only been that offsides, we'd have been holding. Mike Evans would have gotten a foul. Like the, the Chiefs get away with a lot of calls. And it was crazy to see Mahomes 
lose his mind. But the the biggest thing that pissed me off was at, at midfield after the game, going up to Josh Allen and just complaining about the call, which is basically telling Josh Allen, you shouldn't have won this game. We should have won this game. Isn't this bullshit? Which is wild because Josh Allen is, they've played a lot. And Josh Allen has lost games to coin flip against them. And I don't remember him going up to Mahomes and crying about it. He started to walk a lot of it back today. I think, you know, it's starting to wash over him that he looked like an idiot. Uh, but my what the buck is is Mahomes losing his mind, losing his cool, and having zero perspective. Like he wasn't there in the Super Bowl when they got the softest holding call of all time to give them a shot to win the game. These things happen. He was offsides. It was a good call. And I also reject the hypothesis that sick plays should be allowed to count that keep the pick the flag up. That was a cool play. Canaris Tony is terrible. I mean, he is mentally not there for football and uh, drops balls. He was so far off sides. Emma Holmes said it doesn't give you an advantage. Okay. All right. That's why what the buck Patrick Mahomes just, I don't know, gain some perspective uh, and stop crying, please. I saw that Tony actually lined up offsides like four times that game. Five times. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I saw a comment, um, you know, outlining Josh Allen and uh, Mahomes uh, interaction. <laughs> it's like, man, he's been bundling too much Mahomes and my ego right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was I thinking like, well, my auto got you something nice, but uh, unfortunately you, you got a liability in Tony there at that wide receiver. Oh, yeah. the best. I forgot the best part. The best part is Mahomes after in his press conference saying that the play somehow detracts from Kelsey's legacy. What the fuck does that mean? His I'm Hall sorry. of Fame resume tarnished. Get the fuck out of here. How many Hall of Fame like legacy, uh, you know, plays have you had with flags being thrown to get the ball downfield and shit? You want a Super Bowl off of soft calls, my guy. Uh, the chickens have come home to roost, Bobby Boucher, and we're gonna start calling fouls. Maybe I don't know. I that's the part that I'm really starting to enjoy is I've always disrespect. I've always had a lack of respect for. Patrick Mahomes because he has had it incredibly easy in the NFL. He's been the poster child of the NFL. They put him in every fucking commercial. They love him. He's on the fucking subway commercials or in the goddamn auto insurance commercials. And they do, they protect him more than they protect Tom Brady back in the day. And now he's seeing what it's like to be on a middling middle of the road playoff team, getting actual calls taken against you. And they've been telling you all season, we are going to start calling these. You're going to have to start actually playing the game in a fair manner. And now he can't, he's like, was literally crying because he didn't get to win. They took the ball away. He was going to take his ball and go home. What kind of asshole goes up to, like you said, Josh Allen hugs him and says, not good game, but I can't believe they didn't let me win. Right. It's sad. Yeah. I don't know how Josh Allen just took that. I, I'd be like, what the fuck is your problem, bro? Like, what? I mean, you know how I Josh, Allen, Josh Allen would be like, well, boo-hoo, you still lost. Right. Like, I, I win. You know, like, right. it's going to go down as a win for me. Right. You have two um, Super Bowls, bud. You'll be all right. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I thought Allen I had the perfect you. response. I agree with you, John. I, I think it is – he is losing his cool because things aren't going as easy as they have been for him. 
Sorry you don't have Tyree Kill to just bomb, you know, bomb down the field. He's with the Dolphins now. Uh, Travis Kelsey's a little banged up. You know, he's not there. You know, you don't have all the weapons that you had. Things aren't going your way. Dude, you're still eight and five. You know, you still lead your division. Um, there's still more to play for. So there's no crying in football. Stop crying. So I Josh agree. Allen, Josh Allen took it home to Haley Steinfeld. That's what he did. He was like, yeah, whatever, dog. Get out of my face. Um, yeah. Haley Steinfeld, much hotter than Taylor Swift, in my opinion. Way hotter. Way, way hotter. Hotter, Mahomes. way hotter and she has a and she has an oscar i'm pretty sure so like way way more talented yeah she was in a true grit with jeff bridges love that movie. <laughs> love that movie well for my what the buck bro um i'm gonna go on the flip side of this game and it doesn't have to do so much with the game it really has to do with the head coach of the buffalo bill sean mcdermott uh Reports came out earlier this week that um, in one of his motivational speeches to the team, he referenced 9-11, which is interesting to say the least. But not only did he reference 9-11, he referenced the bravery of not the New York police, not the New York firefighters, not the New York police, not the people that were affected in the Twin Towers or on the airplanes. No, no, no. The bravery and the determination of the terrorist that committed the act of 9-11. That, that was his way to motivate the team. Uh, I don't know what this man is even thinking. I mean, it is an out of – I can't even say it's out of the box. It's like out of the realm of any actual, you know, sane being to bring that up as a motivational speaker. But what the fuck? It worked. <laughs> they beat the Chiefs. <laughs> His message got through his players somehow. So maybe he knows them better than we do. Maybe Buffalo just hates New York City that much. I don't know. But, like, what the fuck, Sean McDermott? Some things are just off limits, and that's one of them. Not it feels like a capital offense. Like, you should be able to say, like, how sick was Al-Qaeda? Like, you shouldn't I, be able to say that. That's, I just can't wrap my head around. How does that idea even come into your head, like, Let's equate my team to terrorists. That's great. Let's do that. I want to see you... the PowerPoint slides that went with that. I I, I feel like they've got to be insane. They've got like the little like office men running the plane right. or something. I want to see the Venn diagram he made of Al Qaeda and Buffalo Bill Buffalo right Bill. here. That's where this we is where be. we need to live, um... right in that area where we overlap. Let's not take the explosives, but the determination. Yes. Right. Right, no fatalities, but no interceptions. Okay, what's in the middle? <laughs> well, let's get to much brighter news um, and get off of that subject real quick um, and get into our game preview. So we talked about this a little bit earlier, but we are headed to Green Bay, Lambeau Field in December, probably be very cold. Obviously, historically, the Bucks have not done well in cold games, but I think we got that monkey off our back in 2020 when we were in Lambeau for the NFC Championship. This is a tough game. So, guys, I wanted to see what your opinions are and how the Bucks take a W and get to that three-in-a-row victory column. Beat Jordan Love's ass. Get after him, rattle him, shake him up. Just shake the shit out of him. Shake him, just be like, ah! And then that's how you do it. If we get our defensive players back, we didn't have Vita Vea this week. We didn't have Jamel Dean. 
you know, Devin White sucks, but he didn't play either. So, like, if we get our guys back and we can we can shake them up, Baker Mayfield can take us on a run here. He's Baker's feeling it. He wants to be three and He's feeling the playoffs coming. He's ready. So I think I think that's a key to the game for me is to hurt hurt their quarterback, hurt him early and often. And if you if you can get Viva to slam him, you know, get take the fifteen yard penalty, slam him right into the blue booth, and then we'll be good to go. I'd, I'd probably just try to see what did uh, Tommy David what did, what was he able to do. Uh, I mean, he was poking holes in that secondary of Green Bay's last night, even late in the game with money on the line. They were still dicing him up. Um, a big key will be if Aaron Jones can go or not. They clearly are thin at running back. Um, so if, if if he's not able to go, that's a, a feather in our cap, especially if Vita is able to go. So that'd be a nice swing in our direction at the line of scrimmage uh, in the ground game. Um, defensively. I really don't think the Packers are a team I'm super concerned about. Um, just because watching that game last night, the Giants were able to move the ball. I mean, they were able to, they held Barkley in check on the ground early, but then later in the game, he was able to establish himself and still went, I think, over 80 uh, on the ground and, and obviously impacts as a receiver. So, you know, for Rashad White, his ability to impact the game, you have to think the potentials there, they, they were just kind of abused by a running back with a similar skill set. So uh, not to say Rashad White is going to say Glenn Barkley, but in like the way we use him. So uh, I think that is promising. Um, but ultimately, it's the same thing that we say every week. Don't be stupid with the ball. Play sound defense. Spend don't break. The things that we have to do to win games, we have to we have to show grit. There's, there's not going to be a lot of beauty contests. It's going to be cold, wet, probably up in Lambeau, you know, just make it ugly. And that piece of the offense that we saw last week late when we were running the ball feels like something that could be really valuable in a game like this one upcoming and in games moving forward. Yeah. Big key there. If we can continue that run game, we saw uh, at the second half, uh, that'd be big this game. Yeah. And, you know, from my points of view, on this game. I really don't know the Packers well enough. I know Jordan Love is a mediocre quarterback. I think I can say that. Not the best, but he's not failing. Um so, you know, all of the same tropes of winning a game, win the turnover battle, don't make silly mistakes, you know, cut down on penalties all apply. Something specific I'd like to see that we didn't really do a good job of is I'd like to see fewer three and outs. You know, I think there was a time in the Falcons game, we had four or five in a row. So I think starting to get into that playoff feeling of a team that can kind of control the game, it kind of starts with Dave Canales and the offense kind of coming up with some play calls, kind of finding a groove for that offense. And let's see if we can start building on some of the things that we do well and not just trying to figure out solutions to end the game close or, or put ourselves in maybe a position to win. Let's let's see if we can grow a little as a team uh, with this opportunity. Yeah, I agree with you, Ryan. Um, the I think it was four three and outs in a row there in the second or third quarter of the game. Um, yeah, that can happen, right? Like, you're not going to win many football games when 
you can't stay on the field as an offense and your defense has to constantly get back out there and make stops. Um, and we did take advantage of, well, what should have been two turnovers, but was one great turnover um, there in the Atlanta game. But yeah, I agree with all your guys' points, uh, especially for John. Uh, no love lost there. Uh, 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 but uh... <laughs> no, no, no. Um, look, we got to get at like Jordan Love is I, I kind of equated a little bit to Baker, right? Like he can be really good. He can really be fantastic, but he can also be really – he's just an inconsistent quarterback, younger quarterback. You don't know what you're going to get with Jordan Love week in and week out. Um, Their defense is okay. It's not great. Um, If Aaron Jones can't play, that just helps us because there isn't – that's probably their best player on the offensive side of the ball. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, they're talented wide receivers. Um, Hopefully maybe we can get Jamel Dean back to help the secondary, although Zion McCollum has played pretty good. The last couple of weeks, Carlton really has been kind of the one where it's like, hey, you'll make a great play, but you also have made terrible plays and are getting burned a little bit more than you should be getting paid $17 million a year, right? So Carlton needs to step his game up just a little bit. But it all boils down to can we control the ball? Can we run the ball effectively like we did in the second half? Ryan mentioned that. And, you know, do all the things we talked about, limit turnovers, convert in the red zone, um, do all the things that a winning team should be doing. But in the grand scheme of things, if we have to figure it out on the fly to pull out a W here, if you win three in a row, you're doing something right. And so that's all I want to say is if you can get this game, you win three in a row, to your point, Zach, we're, we would officially be on a hot streak or a streak in general. And that really brings a lot of momentum and positive momentum to the team going into the playoffs. So hopefully that will happen. So speaking of playoffs, we are now into the fantasy seat part of the season where most people are into their playoffs for fantasy. Now for the Buck Bros, we'll just pretend that everybody makes the playoffs, even John. Congratulations. Um <laughs> I missed I missed the playoffs by three points four. So last night in my I I really needed Derrick Henry to get like one catch and run something. I went to the first tiebreaker, which was points four. I lost by three cumulative on the season. Um, and so that's why I've been drinking. <laughs> I understand, man. I uh, I made two of my playoffs uh, in two leagues, but I just missed in the third one. So, well, it, it's tough sometimes. Um but before we get into our picks, Zach, can you give us a little bit of an update on where we stand in the Buck Bros fantasy uh, standings? I sure can, Bryce. So we had a little bit of uh, movement this week. So I will start with our uh, John. John had 28.54. Uh, not, you know, Zach Wilson did not really bite you in the ass as a pick he actually had one of his better games uh your total is 378.86 in third place uh we have ryan at 445.6 his combination of hn and rashad white netted him 32.6 points in second place now is myself 
482.42. DK Metcalf scored a touchdown on opening drive, then started grabbing Fred Warner's helmet and got himself kicked out of the game. Uh, and then Mike Evans had one catch for eight yards. Not a good pick. Uh, I ended 15 points this week. Uh, total flop. Uh, not not the lowest. Oh, shit. Is that the lowest? No, 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 no. Bryce has a 10-point week. All right. So those are your standings right now. Bryce sits top. Uh, he has 483.68. He had Debo Samuel and Baker and or Trask. Uh, Debo popped off. And Baker had a 20-point day. So uh, not bad, Bryce. Yeah, I had a feeling Debo was going to run it back this week. Um, yeah, I mean, imagine if I didn't have that 10-point week where I'd be sitting right now. But, hey. Happens to the best of us, Zach, so hopefully you can bounce back here this week. But you are not the first overall pick. In fact, that would go to Buckbro John. So, John, lead us off, buddy. I sat him in my personal league and played Patrick Mahomes instead, and that cost me the playoffs. And I'm not going to make that mistake again. Give me Baker Mayfield in Lambeau, in the cold, Baker going hot, four touchdowns this week. I'm calling it. Four? Four. four. Has he had four touchdowns all Did season? Did Brady have four when we played there in the playoffs? I think he had three. Baker, right. this year, Baker this year is better than Brady last year. Write it down. How many career games throwing four touchdowns does Baker have? He's about to have one. All right. I like Didn't the confidence. Brady had like 40-something touchdowns last year. I think it was very – didn't he lead the league? Or is that yards? He was a monster I'm last year. I'm pretty sure he had something close to that. Yeah. Baker's at 20. So, <laughs> I'll tell you what, John. I hope he throws four touchdowns just for you, buddy. That'd be 20% of his season's production in one game? That's because he's a fucking Hell dog. yeah. Bro. He's a dog. That's sick. <laughs> that doesn't count the one that he had running, too. He's, I think he's had a couple of those, too. So, maybe he's, he's got a little bit more than we, than we know. Put some but respect the, on his name. Yeah. The next pick goes to Buckborough Ryan. We got. Oh, uh, I'll pick my the same guy, Rashad White. All right. Which brings me to the guy who shot the bed for Zach, but I think you'll have a bounce back game here. Give me Mike. <clears throat> At least be in a tough spot here. So many options. All right, we'll see if Chris Godwin can uh, keep momentum going at five for 50, right? Okay. Does that mean I lead us off for the NFL? You do. At large? Who was it I almost picked last week, and then someone said, no, DK's available? I did. You almost picked Ayuk. Ooh. Interesting. Didn't he have I'm a pretty good game, too? I think they all did. No, he didn't have his. Anybody on San Francisco is just a pretty good, solid bet. Yeah. Also, I know he doesn't pick until the very end, but I'm just going to call. I predict John takes Flacco, but that's just my early thought. Close. That's That's close. Okay. Let me see. Okay. Um, I think. Given those parameters, 
and my position picking first, I will choose as my selection the first one. Um, uh, I'll take Kyron Williams. I don't even know who the fuck that is. <laughs> running back for the Rams. <laughs> I'm trying to see if somebody took this guy. Do you mean to increase the font? As long as you don't take the guy that I took. Um, is Matt Stafford available? Yes, oh, he is. Yeah, he is. I will take Matt Stafford. Matty Just Bo. a strategy, like mitigating some of my points by taking the cast uh, quarterback. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> We're All right. It's that time of year. Give me the elite dragon. Who the hell is that? Who? Joe Flacco. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, I was halfway there. I had someone on the call. Is that, is that his nickname? Oh, what yeah. Is the, what, is, what does the Elite Dragon got to do with anything? He was elite. elite in 2012 with like 10 touchdowns and no interceptions in the playoffs. Well, what was that? A, what's a dragon then? I don't know. He's a dragon. Did you dragon see Miles Garrett? Oh. Um, I want Jake Browning. I heard Jay Gruden. Who? Browning. Oh, okay. I knew that was going to be your pick. <laughs> hey, it looks good. I think he looks great. They'll never he give does. it back to Burrow. Burrow's on his way out. Burrow's heading to the Bengals even play. Oh, my cursor is. Did they play Saturday? Saturday? I think they play the Vikings, right? On Saturday? Why is there football on Saturday? There's three games on Saturday. Shut the front door. Why? They do play the Vikings. I don't want to watch that shit. Well, I guess hopefully, we'll hopefully for you, John, it's not a replica of the previous Vikings game. <laughs> it is Saturday at 1 p.m. God. It's better than, I mean, it's better than college. All right. Well, is, it, is it your team, <laughs> Seattle or Washington's in the college football playoff? You know what? And it's ruining my New Year's Eve party because all of my friends that live up here are now flying down to go to the game because they all got tickets in the lottery. Oh, uh, yeah. They oh, weren't no. going to give you all the Rose Bowl because that's basically a home game. We had they're, to. There's a Sugar Bowl, right? So yeah. Nola. Yeah. And then Michigan, I, I Alabama, and the Rose Bowl is going to be pretty sick. Macklemore had to run an advertisement on the TV compelling Alaska Airlines to add more direct flights because every flight from Seattle to New Orleans was sold out for a week straight. They have to stay until the 5th of January in order to get home. The flights were like 2600 bucks each way. <laughs> it's going to be like Mardi Gras down there, man. That's crazy. Imagine spending all that money and they lose. <laughs> that would be so <laughs> devastating. <laughs> I wonder if like people in Seattle just be like, whoa, New Orleans is unhinged. We gotta go home now. <laughs> they up here the they're they are living and breathing to play Alabama. Like every bar, every bar I go into, every time I go to a party, all they want is Alabama. And I don't think that they understand that they don't, but that's really what they want up here. I don't even think they beat Texas, but that's just me. Yeah, I, I, I also not sure if they beat Texas. But damn it, this is a NFL podcast. And we're going to 
staying on topic, and it is time for NFL, specifically Buck Bros Trivia. John, did we have a winner from last week's question? I believe that we may, but we are going to run it back this week and give everyone an opportunity to get back into the trivia mix. And so we are going to run the same question again this week just to just to gather up a little bit more engagement, because that's really what we're trying to do here is we're trying to establish a little bit more engagement with our fans and other media and try to build uh, our listener base. And so for that reason, I know some of you have uh, contributed answers every week and some of you are are really, really participating and, and we appreciate that. And maybe we'll do something special for those of you that are. But for right now, I'm going to run the question back again this week just to see if we can drum up a little bit more engagement. Um, so this week's trivia question, same as last week, how many interceptions did Vinny Testaverde throw in the 1988 season? Please give us a shout out, uh, tag your friends, get involved, um, you know, and and, and let us know maybe uh, in this coming week, you know, what you'd like to see uh, to end the season on the podcast, maybe what you'd like to see us do a little differently next season. Because like I said, the, the whole point of this trivia is to just build that engagement. And so, you know, we appreciate everyone who is participating. Absolutely. We, we do value and appreciate everybody who has participated on our Instagram page and who has tuned in to um, and subscribed to our podcast. We love you guys. Um, so hopefully, you know, we'll get a little bit more interaction there and we'll announce the winner for that next week on next week's podcast. Um, so on that note, I would love to wrap up this episode with a great go Bucks. It's a big game in Green Bay, but Tampa Bay has always been the better Bay, and that's how it's always going to be, and that's how it always is. So on that note, let's end it. Go Bucks! Go Bucks! Go Bucks! Go Bucks! Plus three and a half on the road. Can someone Photoshop Mahomes' mental breakdown after the game into like the scenes of 9-11? Like, can you show him in the in, in front of the plume of smoke just being like, I can't believe that was the worst call I've ever seen. They flew a second goddamn plane into the building. I can't believe they do that. It's tarnishing the legacy of the Twin Towers. Damn it. You think like his next motivational speech or maybe like his, his presentation to ownership is like, look, we need to run our organization much like Adolf Hitler did. <laughs> the man had a great organization, top-down leadership, bro. It worked right. <laughs> the tone at the top was impeccable. <laughs> Orders were always followed. <laughs>